0: Chats from the Blog Cabin.
1: This is your favorite time of the week with your number one podcast.
0: Hey guys, just a brief um, intro to this episode. This episode is about vegan tourism, which I know you're probably thinking, what? What? What is that? Well, basically, let me give you a little facts about it. A recent study estimated that vegan food markets will, will be worth $65.4 billion by 2030, up from $26.83 billion in 2021. And that within this market increase, there's a specific intrigue with vegan tours, meaning when you go to visit someplace, it's entirely all the restaurants that you go to is all vegan um, whether you anything that you shop as well so i'm actually interviewing um plant-based pioneer diana she's the founders of vegans baby which is the one of the five recipients of PETA's first ever award for vegan safari tours um she along with her partner received the recognition in early 2023 for their luxury safari t- tours the continent she is a her business is dedicated to making vegan life easier and vegan dining more approachable. And I think you really enjoy this episode because she's not bashing you if you eat meat. She's asking you to kind of make wise choices about what you do eat, which, you know, most times when you, someone that's involved with organizations, they kind of bash other people. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's a really interesting episode. And some of the um, statistics that she brings out really made me think, and she gives some really practical tips of things that you can do to maybe one day a week go without meat, which we try to do. Um, so with that said, hope you enjoy it. Come join Melissa and her guests on the Chats from the Block Cabin podcast. From North Carolina, this podcast will have you feeling like you've known these folks for years. Listen in as they chat about life, culture, current events, and more, all with a special Southern flair. Curl up with your favorite beverage and get ready to be entertained. Tune in now for a unique experience that's fun and insightful. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know this show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting about veganism, about being a vegan, and about Vegans Baby, because I love that <laughs> Diana is the founder of Vegans Baby. I feel like um, Dick Vitale from um, ESPN, you know, it's baby, you know, it's a baby, baby, baby. I feel like him right now. But Diana, before <laughs> we start talking about Vegans Baby, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: So um, I am Diana. I am the founder of Vegans Baby. And basically, I promote a vegan lifestyle. And my goal is to make veganism approachable, accessible. To everybody. So, I have a website that uh, shares vegan food, vegan lifestyle. Um, I curate and host tours around the world. I curate events and dinners and things like that. So, really, anything to do with vegan, I have my hands in it, particularly when it comes to food.
0: So, how did you get started on this particular journey? You know, when did you start your journey, first of all, into veganism? So
1: my journey to veganism kind of took a minute. Um, I stopped eating meat in 2012 when I was living abroad uh, in Thailand working at an elephant sanctuary. Um, That was it for meat and then I went vegan a few years later after moving back to the States. Um, My background was PR and blogging and so I really wanted to continue doing both of those things but I wasn't traveling and at that time I had a travel blog so um, my friends and I were brainstorming ideas and One of them was starting a vegan blog. And so basically, um, I decided I would do that. I went vegan and started documenting my journey and like what I was eating in Las Vegas, where I was living at the time. So I was sharing vegan food there. And basically, my whole point was, if I can go vegan, so can you. And so that's how it was born.
0: Yeah, when you live in Las Vegas, I honestly think that's probably one of the hardest cities to probably go vegan in, correct? Not
1: anymore. Not anymore. At the time, it was. But now... Um, you know, I, I worked, I did vegans baby there for, uh, five, six years. And in that time we went from like four vegan restaurants to 20. Um, and I worked with a ton of hotels and restaurants to add more vegan options. So, um, it's definitely come a long way since, um, since I moved back there in 2016.
0: So what made you decide to to share the knowledge you already said you were ahead the blogger background mm-hmm. but and i totally get that but what made you decide to go more global wise and share the knowledge of where you can get great tasting not only vegan food but you know where you also if you're going out to eat where mm-hmm. you can find it as well so basically um i, I worked on the animal rights side of things
1: and animal activism is one of the hardest things um emotionally i think to do and i just got to a point where i was just depleted and so i continued i wanted to continue making change and so i decided i would just make change um through vegans baby. instead so i wasn't necessarily going to be like uh, marches and protests and things like that but i was going to make change by just making veganism more approachable um and showing people like the good things about going vegan versus like the harder like a lot of you know the 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 sad heartbreaking stuff as to why to go vegan.
0: So what are some of the easier things the easier ways to go vegan, easier things to do? Um
1: so if you want to go vegan, um I always tell people the first thing you need to do is watch some of those terrible documentaries. And terrible I mean like they're they're devastating to watch, but there's Dominion, there's Earthlings, there's What the Health, there's Game Changers. Um and that will make most people go vegan pretty quickly um, once they see how their food's actually like made. Um, And then otherwise, like for me, I I knew, I knew all of this because like I was working, um, I was working on the ground in animal rights. But so like for me, it was a little bit different, but I think the easiest way once you decide to go vegan is to just start swapping out products. Like if you think it's going to be difficult, or you're going to miss certain things. Now it's like Um, Anything you can eat, I can eat vegan. So there's plenty of options. So if you miss like vegan fried chicken, there's vegan fried chicken, there's vegan bacon, there's vegan burgers, there's everything. Um, And technology is so advanced now and food industry is so advanced. There's plenty of alternatives from your typical animal products that you can have that still give you the taste and the texture and the experiences you probably associate with eating these dishes.
0: But what about, so does it taste the same? because you're com- coming from a- being a convert in 2012 uh-huh. to now being total, does it taste the same? Do you miss it at all? Or I don't ever miss it. Um, for me, like it's, I don't want to
1: cause harm to animals. So for, I don't, I don't the, like, I would never, I don't, I don't miss any of it, but it is nice to have some of these flavors and textures. Um, mm-hmm. I had a vegan fried chicken the other day that was amazing, like super crispy, delicious. Um, I have a vegan bacon that I love called My Forest Foods. Uh, my bacon—it's made out of mycelium, and it has the, t- it's the same like mouthfeel as bacon. It's kind of chewy; it could be crispy. Um, so a lot of a lot of the food nowadays really is like, other than like whole foods, you know, plant-based mm-hmm. foods. A lot of it is really created more for people that aren't vegan to to like try these products and just get animals off their plate. So like. A lot of people that aren't vegan will try the Impossible Burger and say that they never notice, they, they can't tell a difference and mm-hmm. things like that.
0: And I think Burger King has the Impossible Burger now, yep. correct? Mm-hmm. Burger King does, yep. So let's talk about Vegans Baby. Let's talk about what actually it is, because I think it's really cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you came up with that concept and then what it actually it is.
1: So Vegans Baby concept came up um, when I was living in Madrid and drank a bunch of champagne with my friend and bought a bunch of domain names. And this is the one that stuck. Um, <laughs> but it, the idea was uh, like Vegas baby, but vegans babies. Cause I was moving back to Vegas and it was going to be at that time, a Vegas specific website. So Vegas baby turned into vegans baby. And that's how that was born. Um, and vegans baby. It's a lot of, it's, it's me. Um, like my website is a blog about like vegan life and vegan food. Um, And so basically, like through Vegans Baby, I promote businesses on my social media. I work with brands. I curate tours. I um, check out restaurants and promote restaurants. I consult with restaurants about adding vegan options. um, I curate events. I partner with the James Beard House for two dinners at their New York house a couple years ago. Um, So it's a bunch of different things that I do. Like I have a vegan guide to Las Vegas that you can buy. It's a book that gives you like the best of all the vegan food in Las Vegas. Um, There's a map that shows you where to eat. So it's a lot of different things, all with the goal of making veganism more approachable and accessible.
0: So let's talk about the curated tours. that a lot of people need to to kind of hop on board just to even get a taste of what being a vegan is like, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I used to do a vegan
1: tour in Las Vegas and it was named one of the top nine food tour, vegan food tours in the world by Travel and Leisure. Uh, with the pandemic, that stopped. So that tour is on, it's on hiatus for the foreseeable future. Um, but I do do international tours. So I d- um, did a group tour to Thailand pre-pandemic and then last year... I took a tour to south africa and so taking another group this year back to south africa uh this october so um basically what i'll do is i'll research i'll curate everything i'll typically i'll go there first and like do the experiences make sure everything is ethical make sure that everything is aligned with like my vegan values um like you know if the hotel doesn't have like animals like stuffed or taxidermy or whatever like leather leather couches or like animal hide rugs so I'm making sure that all those things are kind of vetted um and then i take people on tours
0: well i love the fact that you just said that you make sure that it's not only the food that you're eating but it's experience around that it's vegan as well yes, yes. have you gotten any pushback from hotels like they say they really want you to come but we're not going to change out anything for you
1: no, because we just wouldn't work with them. Like the, the hotels that, that we work with are vegan friendly to begin with. Um, you know, like we vetted them. Um, they, um, we've never had anyone say no.
0: Oh, wow. I just can't even imagine. I mean, to me, that'd be a cool experience to go to another country and to know that your values, one that you set up, that is something that you're going to be surrounded by. That would be so cool. And I mean, obviously, like when you're traveling, you can't
1: control everything around you. You know, some of the restaurants we go to aren't vegan restaurants, but they're like some of the best restaurants in the world. And I still want people to experience that. And, you know, you can't control what everyone else eats. But in the little insular world that I curate,
0: everything is vegan. So let's talk about, you You mentioned earlier that you work with restaurants to have some vegan dishes. Uh So let's talk about that because it's, I don't know how many times, like, I feel like not having meat at a dinner and feel like I want something that's vegan and you can't, there's no options on the menu.
1: So let's talk
0: about how important that is.
1: It's, you know, it's really important. And I always tell restaurant owners, like, you're missing out on so much revenue by not having vegan options. Because typically when you're with a group of people, the people with the dietary restrictions are going to be where you, who chooses where to eat. And mm-hmm. so if you've got a group of 10 people and one vegan and your restaurant doesn't have any vegan options, guess who's not going there? That party at 10. So for me, I think that's a really big thing that a lot of restaurants miss out on. There's also the idea that like, you know, oh, we put a salad on the menu or like here we roasted up some mm-hmm. cauliflower. That's enough. And it's not enough. That's like, I, it's like the bare minimum, which I appreciate that they're doing. But again, You know, I'm not going to a restaurant that only has two things on the menu that I could probably make at home. So it really is important for restaurants to especially and I know chefs really like being challenged. Like the chefs Mm -hmm. i worked with that aren't vegan, when they when they have to come up with like a plant based dish, they get super excited about it because it's a challenge for them. You know, they're 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 recreating something or they're creating something that is is based solely on like flavor and texture and everything like that and not a meat ingredient. So in my experience, chefs really enjoy doing it. Um, so I always tell restaurants, like, you know, you, you've got to, especially now, like, the tides are changing so much. We've, we know we have a pandemic. People are becoming so much more aware of what they consume, about, like, the health risks associated with with food that's not vegan. Obviously, like, more and more information is is, like, being learned about animal agriculture and its contribution to to climate change and how big of an issue that is so there's a lot of reasons and even then just like you know you're you're getting stories on factory farming that are coming out that are terrible um so there's more and more reasons people are going vegan these days and so it's going to keep growing and restaurants that don't jump on that trend or not trend but don't, don't jump on that be at a disadvantage because all these other restaurants are taking that time now and they're building up a customer base and loyal customers that appreciate that they have vegan options so it's something i believe very very much in that like it's very important for restaurants to like get stuff on their menu
0: okay we need to take a brief commercial break but we'll be right back Okay. hi i'm alice chun i'm the inventor of the solar puff this is the solar puff It flat packs flat like an origami balloon and you can pop it open and you get a beautiful cube of light, no batteries needed, just the sun. And we are using this for PTSD therapy with children in Ukraine and now I'm going to Turkey to deliver these to The earthquake victims, so light design, and this is the solar puff. And we are back chatting with Diana, the founder of Vegans, Vegans Baby. I'm gonna say Vegas Baby. Um, (laughs) Before we went to commercial, we talked about working with restaurants to curate a vegetarian or vegan meal. Now, when you do your tours, what are some of the criteria that you have to include the restaurants in your tours?
1: They have to have exceptional everything. It has to be something that is just magical and magnificent. Um, yeah, like it's it's not going to be just some random spot. Like on my South Africa tour, we go to a place called the Kelp Shack, and the chef—it's literally a shack on the beach—and the chef is diving out into the ocean every day and harvesting kelp that he's using to make dishes, and it's a five course meal using kelp in every dish. Um, we're going to La Cologne, which is one of the top 50 restaurants in the world. Um, we're going to places that are truly exceptional. So like, if you're a foodie, this is like the perfect experience for you. So um, yeah, the, the, the criteria is very, very high for for food tours.
0: And I love the fact that you're also not only giving them the the, the really healthy food, but also giving them the experience. Like you just yeah. talked about the kelp going out and watching him going out to get the kelp to bring it back in. That is, that is kind of cool. That would be something that I would want to see just to go for the experience. Maybe not for the food, but for the experience, you know? Well, we don't actually see him swim
1: out. Oh, he doesn't before we oh. get there, but he has it there. And so, like, you get to, like – you know, he he has it. You can touch it, cut it, like smell it. Um, and then he takes it and cooks with it.
0: So do you ever take them on tours to where they, they're harvesting the things that they're cooking?
1: Um, not this tour, no. But uh, the Thailand tour, yes, we do. We take you to a market um, where you pick out the food and then you go to a kitchen and cook it. That's
0: another, that's a really cool, tell me about that one.
1: So that, um, it's just a cooking school, and so in in Thailand, all the cooking schools will do that. They'll take you to, like, the farm or to a market, walk you through it, um, and then tell you what ingredients you need, and then you go back and you cook with them.
0: Is there one nationality that you see more leaning toward the plant-based, like, when you go, like, it's easier, like, you just mentioned Thailand and South Africa, but there are other places that you notice that they're more plant-based as well. Other countries. Yep.
1: Israel is extremely, uh, extremely vegan, extremely plant-based. Uh, they're obviously a small country, but a a significant portion of their population is, is vegan. Um, it really just depends on the people more than anything else. Like certainly some countries are far more vegan friendly than others. Um, but in terms of like nationalities, I think it really, it's, it, that, that's I don't I don't have enough of like a, Information. enough experience around the world to like speak to that.
0: So, what is your dream tour to be able to curate the tour and to be able to take people on? <gasps>
1: ah, so I did have a tour that I was working on right before the pandemic, and it was Lisbon, Madrid, and Paris. And I loved that tour so much, and I didn't get to do it. So that is one. I really want to do Japan. Um, I'd really like to do, like, a South America vegan tour. Um, and then, like, Iceland. I'd like to do a vegan tour in Iceland. I mean, really, the, the sky's the limit with that one because I'm, I'm such a traveler. Um, like, my former career was travel blogging. So like I love travel. I love going all over the place. I love like finding different places to eat and discover. So I mean, you name a country and I
0: probably would want to do a tour there. I just love that you name a country. Have you ever thought about doing it state to state in the in the states doing it So um state to state? I have done it. I did the
1: I did Vegas um and then I did a vegan foodie weekend here in New York in 2021. So it was um a private dinner at a chef's home overlooking Manhattan on the 16th floor. And then it was a food tour, a walking food tour of the East Village. And then it was a brunch the next day. So you had like all these different like experiences um,
0: in that weekend. So take me through you planning from the start. The idea of the tour comes, comes into your mind. Mm-hmm. And take me through all your planning and what steps you go through, because obviously sure. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work.
1: Well, it's a lot of legwork, but I am fortunate that I work with an amazing tour operator. So basically, my partnership with Alluring Africa started because um, I... Um, had a conversation with their publicist and she said, oh my gosh, you guys would be a perfect match. So then I had a conversation with their marketing director and we went over things. And then um, we started, I started to do research and like pick out things that I would wanna do, like me as like a traveler, what would I wanna do on a tour? So narrowed it down to like things I would be excited about doing. And then we flew out to South Africa, me and her. And um, vetted the hotel, vetted the experiences, vetted the restaurants, made sure everything was up to par, that, like, the restaurants, like, were what I wanted people to experience. Um, And then we work with a tour operator on the ground in South Africa that helps coordinate everything. And then Alluring Africa sells it. I promote it. And then I fly back to South Africa I host it, and then we have, like, obviously, we hire all local guides and local tour operators and local businesses, so then we work with local tour guides to to take us around the the city, Um, and then we go on safari at the end, so, um, and that, again, it's a very ethically amazing run safari, like, we did a lot of research on it to make sure um, that it was ethical and that, you know, they they have anti-poaching, they have two rehab centers on their property so it's just very above board but you know you still have to do your due diligence and make sure that like it's not a front for like hand hunting and things like that so there is there is a lot of work but like there's a lot of people that are really good at doing that work that are doing that work like I get I get the fun part of like finding everything and then I have a, I have the, the the tour operator that handles the logistics and everything.
0: That just, I mean, just listening to you, you can tell the love and excitement you feel for it. But also, it's kind of like you want to hop on and you want to go on as well. Is this the first one that you said that you had since the pandemic? No. So I had one last June. um, And
1: then the next one is this October 21st through 30th. And that is four nights in Cape Town, two nights in Hermanus on the shore, and then three nights
0: um, at an all-inclusive safari see and i love the fact that you're bringing in safari when you think about the word safari you think about you know either hunting or looking at animals in the wild and yep. and i love the way you're bringing it so that it's more positive experience yeah for people.
1: yeah this one is a really good one like there are some like i've been on some safaris not in south africa um but i've been on safaris in sri lanka and if they don't have like you know, you have 30 Jeeps all around like an elephant. And it's just, to me, that's just very unethical. They're off-roading places. And so the standards at Shamwari are very much like one, one vehicle at a time. You can't off-road in certain areas because the, like, just the fabric of everything is so tied mm-hmm. together. So like, The grass, the the ants that live in the grass, like you can't upset any of it because the ecosystem is so fragile. So it's very conscious of all of those things. And I and I really respect that and appreciate that. Um, And like I value companies like that, where obviously it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but you're getting this experience that truly is like aims to educate you, aims to like like save save these animals to an extent because they have a lot of endangered species there mm-hmm. um, or like like the wild dogs I know they're getting, um, but protecting these animals. Um, and then also, you know, just the, their ethos of like respecting nature and observation and not engaging and things like that. I just, I really, really value, uh, I really value that.
0: And I love that. Have you always been that passionate about respecting and valuing nature and making sure that everything You leave things the way. How is the word? What's the word I'm looking for? You leave things the same way as you found them. Um, Probably most likely, obviously,
1: like going vegan definitely gave me a different perspective on that side of things. But like, I've always been like, reduce, reuse, recycle. I've always been very conscious. Like, I try to be a very conscious consumer. But obviously, like the past ten years as I progressed on my journey. I've become a much more conscious consumer and much more aware of the harm I do and where my money goes and how, like what I'm contributing to. So, you know, like I know certain companies I won't support because of fast fashion or child slavery or things like that. Um, So it definitely is something that's very, very important to me um, as I've learned more. And I think that's all you can ever ask is like, the more you learn, we hope that we become better humans for it. And I feel like, I'm constantly evolving, but certainly they're respecting nature. Like I've always loved animals, um, and you know I can't go to zoos. I can't do things like that. And working in Thailand really taught me a lot more about about respecting them as as living set, like sentient beings that like feel and 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 have emotions and and relationships and things like that. Like elephants are just like people, and like being able to see them every day and learn about them and like see their personalities. Um, And it's like, that isn't just elephants that have personalities, like cows have personalities, pigs have personalities, monkeys, all of these animals that people consume, they all have personalities. They all feel things. They all experience loss and mourn and joy. And so for me, like, that's just, it's just a fabric of
0: who I am now, I think, (laughs) Yeah, because I noticed that you mentioned like over and over again that ethical, you look into the practices of the companies that you're working sh- working mm-hmm. with to make sure they have ethical practices, yeah. make sure they're fair trade. And I love that because I think more companies need to and more people need to get on board with that as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's just like, especially when it comes to like being um, a tourist or a vis- like you're visiting a country, but you want to like give your tourist dollars to to local businesses and not you know like I'm not gonna go to McDonald's and and, and spend my money there like I'm gonna go out and have a meal I'm gonna go to a local place the only the only time I did eat fast food in South Africa was Burger King and it's because they had the the vegan chicken sandwich and mm-hmm. I was dying to try it and you can't get it in the states so that's the only time like I supported anything that wasn't like truly truly local um but for me it really is important to do that and to like, Give back to the communities that that so kindly give to you.
0: So, if people are looking into the companies that they're working with, or they're buying from, or they're consuming, um, what should they look for to make sure that they're ethical and fair trade?
1: Ooh, um, it's I. Th- that would be like a whole like hour long thing, but I can tell you like a lot of, you have to be careful for greenwashing. So greenwashing is the idea that they're telling you something's good when it's not. So like in Thailand, there are a lot of places that say they're sanctuaries, but they're not actually sanctuaries. They're just telling you that because that's what you wanna hear in order to give them money. So like a true sanctuary would be like, these animals are rescued they are allowed to live their lives uninterrupted without working for people, for food, for tricks, etc., etc. Like if it's a sanctuary, you should be able to go observe them from a distance and not interact with them, not have anything to do with them. They, their lives should not engage with yours. So I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty, when it comes to animals, that is truly how I like what I feel is the most ethical. And that's what I look for um, products. It's a little bit harder um, you certainly have to do your research. I know like Shine, food, um, Shine is or she, I don't even know how you say it, but they're a fast fashion company and they're creating like a thousand or two thousand, I think some crazy number of new products goes on their website every day to buy. And they're only on there for a limited time and then they're gone. But so it's created this fast fashion culture where I think there's something like I forget. There's more fashion or more clothing in the world, I think, than there are people. Or some, Mm -hmm. I I saw the other weekend. The headline just made me stop, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so, but it's clothing like this that, like, they they're they're not paying people living wages. Like they're they're using, like the materials are bad. I think some of them even contained letters, something. I don't, I mean, uh, don't quote me on these things, but like there it's, you have to really keep an eye out. So like you're looking for handmade or made in the USA or whatever country you're in, like you want to, you want to be able to do that. Or like you, you buy secondhand. Um, and that way you are just giving a new lease on life to the clothing. Um, but there really is like, you have to kind of vet the marketing and the words that the people are telling you and kind of, do your due diligence and dig a little deeper for a lot of a lot of things if you want it like to learn more you know like there's companies that for me like I'm, I'm a very liberal person so like there's companies that I know that give to causes I don't support so I don't give them my money anymore mm-hmm. so you just kind of have to know like you have to truly be like an educated consumer And it's, it's a, it's not easy. It's a long process. I'm still not there, you know, but I do, I do the best I can with, and that's, that's how I
0: choose to live. And I want to circle back around to um, being a vegan. How Mm -hmm. can we, as you know, you're a vegan, you're going out to a restaurant you want to eat like at your favorite restaurant, but they don't have any dishes. How do you approach the, the owner or the chef to say, Hey, look, can you at least try, at least put one or two vegan options on the menu? It's literally what you do. Um,
1: Like, I've reached out to restaurants before, but, like, I would love to come in, but, like, you don't have any vegan options. And, like, your food looks amazing. I would love it if you could. I'd be happy to support you if you did this. And so sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say no. Sometimes they ignore you. Um, But really, truly, the best way to do it is asking, because if you don't ask, you'll never know. No. No. That is so true.
0: Now people wanted to start their journey to becoming a vegan because obviously a lot of people do it cold turkey, but a lot of people want to gradually go into it. So what were some of the products that you suggested they've replaced first? So I would suggest replacing
1: all like your everyday items. So replace your milk, replace your butter, replace your eggs, replace your burgers, replace your hot dogs, replace your pizza. Like the things that like, the things that you know can be replaced, replace them. Um, and that's typically what I'll say. And also, I should point out like vegan is a lifestyle, it's not just a diet. So, you know, look at your toothpaste and see if that's vegan and your hair products. And, you know, start by like just making new purchases. Like when you're, when it comes time to purchase again, purchase a vegan product instead of a non vegan product. Um, but for the food, I always say start with the easy swaps because that is what you're going to have the like that's always like your gateway to veganism is like the beyond chicken or wow. like our or impossible things like that to get people into trying the food.
0: I love how you said it's a lifestyle and that it goes beyond the food. So let's mm-hmm. talk about how we can find those vegan products that are beyond yeah. the food. Yeah.
1: Um, I just always Google things. I am like a master Googler. And then on my website um, I do talk about vegan products as well. And uh, on my social media, but I think, um the products that are vegan really will will they'll say they're vegan um typically like a lot of makeup now um will have like vegan and cruelty free because you want both because cruelty free means not tested on animals and vegan means like no animal byproducts or anything like that so you want both um like i use like vegan dish soap i use vegan soap i use vegan shampoo and hair dye and, like, even my tattoos are vegan ink. So it really is just, you just have to do a little bit of research to find that. Um, And it's pretty easy because there's a lot out there. If, like, you're looking for, like, different things or, like, you know, like, vegan wine. Like, it's all, you can, it's all available to find. And then, obviously, for clothing, you know, you're not going to, like, no wool, no cardigan, or no cardigans, no um, cashmere, things like that.
0: I just love that little peeky, little peeky in the corner. What is that? <laughs> my cat. One of my I dads. thought it was a cat. It looks like my grand kitty. <laughs> Penelope. <laughs> she always wants to be a star, don't you, baby? Yeah. She's so cute. So you talked about, let's see, we talked about um, replacing items as they come up instead of just throwing everything out. And I think yes. that's the smart choice because a lot of people think that, oh, well, if I have to do this, I have to replace everything all at once and then they like, and then they get so frustrated because yeah. they can't do it because yeah. feasibly financially they're not able yeah. to do it
1: exactly you know and I also don't believe in wasting things like I understand if you never want to eat meat again give it to somebody else versus like mm-hmm. throw it out because I just feel like you know ultimately that animal died for your plate at least let someone cons- like,
0: don't, don't make
1: that in like complete vain
0: so mm-hmm. I love that. And I love the fact that you're not shaming people. There's a lot of people out there that are had that lifestyle that shame people into, "Oh, why are you eating meat? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that?" But you're not you're trying to educate, which is yeah. the whole point of listening to other people and letting them tell their story. And, and I, I really that. I
1: learned that from living in Thailand because I just everyone is so passionate and I like there's different activism for everybody and you know sometimes like Videos will work better, you know. Shaming people, maybe, maybe they'll make change. But I kind of feel like the 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 way that's always worked for me is just compassion and like not policing people, letting people get there however they get there, and supporting them on the journey. Because at the end of the day, we really are all on the same boat. Like we all want we all want our world to be a better place. We obviously want climate change to slow down. Mm-hmm. And all of the, we want people to be healthy. We want all of these things. So we all have the same agenda. It's just how you get there. And for me, I've just always thought that, like, being compassionate and kind gets you a lot further than, than like, aggressive and, like, attacking people.
0: Because then their backs are up against the wall and they're yeah. more open to hearing what you're saying. And even if they only make one change, that's something that you've done. Yeah. That- has helped yeah i mean yeah. i always
1: tell people start with like a meatless monday like if they're like oh well i have one plant-based meal a day i'm like that's wonderful great because you know that's one meal a day that you're not hurting animals and i fully support that would i like you to have all of your meals 100
0: but you got to get there yeah you got to get so there true. that is so true so you said you had the the South Africa tour coming up in October. Do you have yes. anything else coming up for you? Um, not right. That is the only tour right now. Um,
1: there are talks of a tour um, next summer in Japan. We shall see. Um, and then it'll be my through my partnership with Alluring Africa. We'll be doing the South Africa tour probably every year and hopefully expanding to like Tanzania uh, or
0: Botswana as well. And I'd really like to do Morocco. Oh, that one, I can imagine the spices and the culture uh, there. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'd really like to put
1: together a Morocco tour, but it just depends on, like, time and everything because it takes a lot of time to, like, get go over there and, like, do all the digging and stuff.
0: Do you think you'll ever go back and do the Paris tour that you're which your dream for um, that you're working on? I just on? need to find
1: an operator that isn't going to charge me an arm and a leg because my problem was, like, I was doing it on my own, And I was piecemealing everything together, which is a lot of work. And then you need insurance and all these things. But the tour operator, they were quoting me like an exorbitant amount of money. And I wouldn't have been able to make any money on the tour or pay for myself on the tour because like it was so expensive. Like there was no way I could raise the price anymore. So if I found someone that like could white label it for me and then I can put it on sale, that would be great. But like I can't find someone that's selling me a tour like a tour price you know what i mean and then like also also like make another tour price on top of that so it would need to be like a wholesale type of thing so we're
0: getting there so are you sold out for your tour in october um i
1: believe we are i think i did ask if we could add like a couple more spots because the demand has been so high so um i think we can add a couple spots so if you want to let
0: me know so if people want to sign up, they just go to, where do they need to go to? to sign um, up?
1: There's a link on my social media that will take them to the tour page.
0: Okay. Because it's well, a very long,
1: it's a very long link. So it's, <laughs> uh, like if you go to my, if you go to my link tree and I'll like on uh, Instagram or TikTok, um, it'll say travel to South Africa with me. And that's the link to, to book and to learn more.
0: See, I didn't have TikTok up here. I have your Instagram. So your Instagram oh. is on the screen. It's vegan Vegans Baby. Baby. Yep.
1: <laughs> same, same. I try to be consistent.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's hard because people will grab your screen name before you can get to it. Yep. Yep.
1: They do. They do. But Vegans Baby, no one had. I was like, it's mine.
0: <laughs> now, our time is almost up. Do you have one last little nugget you want to share? Um, if anyone is curious about going vegan... Email me and I'm happy to
1: help. I think that's the best the best thing I could share. Like I'm happy to help anybody that really wants to to go vegan or has questions about it.
0: And your your website is a great source as well. So let's talk about it. where the people can find. What's your website? Vegansbaby.com. That's so easy. It's V-E-G-A-N-S baby.com. Yep, like Vegas, but it's just the G and the S. Or kind of switched around. Yep, (laughs) yep. Um, Do you have anything else before we hop off? Thank you so much
1: for having me. I really appreciate your time. This was a lovely chat. Thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you so much, Diana, for coming on and for sharing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you opened up a lot of eyes with a lot of people realizing that it doesn't have to be just about, like you said, a salad. Like you go in a restaurant and that's all you can eat is a salad. You can eat so much more. You just have to do your research. Yeah. And right. I think your website's gonna help out a lot of people that want Thank to do you. that journey. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for your support. So guys, I will put on the in the show notes everywhere you can find Diana, as well as her Instagram and her link. I'll go ahead and put her link tree up just in case she has a few more spots up for the tour. Thank you. And um consider changing one meal a week. One meal a week. That's what she said. Just change Meatless her. Monday. Do Meatless Monday. There you go and with that guys I hope you have a blessed day and most importantly keep chatting and keep listening bye chats from the blog cabin hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode